Time, space, and distance can all be a matter of perspective. I'm Brad Rose, and welcome to another edition of the Seltzer Salon. My guest today is the one, the only, Leah Bertucci. Uh, Leah and Lawrence English are two very familiar faces, Foxy Digitalis, but I was really surprised when they announced their collaborative record, Sonic, a couple months ago. I had no idea. I didn't I didn't know a thing that was happening, but it's it's great, unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly. Uh both have really been on it in the last bit with some fantastic collaborations. Leah with Ben Vida, of course, uh, Lawrence's recent one with David Toop comes to mind. So, you know, combining their practices and their powers, good things happen. I don't I don't think that's a surprise. But I really, I really like the sort of geological approach on this. It's an interesting jumping off point and it really works thematically. But I will, I'll let Leah talk more about that because it's more interesting than me talking about it. Um, but it's a fantastic album. It is out now on American Dreams and it was really great to catch up with Leah. So I hope you enjoy our chat. So my guest today is Leah Bertucci, and we are going to mostly talk about her new album with Lawrence English, Thonic, I believe is the pronunciation. Um, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I think that's about right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it is out soon on American Dreams. So Leah, how's it going? <laughs> Hi. Nice to talk to you again, Brad. Yeah. I guess it was about a year ago that you were here. Was yeah. That? Basically. Gosh, that- in that Tulsa. Feels, yeah, that feels like a decade ago or something. I don't know. I know. It's been it's been quite a year, huh? Yeah, it's to say the least. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the kind of the obvious place to start or the place I want to start is I, so tell me how you met Lawrence. I like obviously you and Lawrence like we all are run in the same circles and stuff, but it, I was really surprised in the album description where it mentioned you guys first met in Rio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, we were both asked to play a really lovely festival in Rio uh, called Novas Frequencias um, by the curator Chico Dub. And um, yeah, he, we were both on the same night of the festival. So mm. we performed back to back. And, um, you know, whenever you're in those situations, one of the greatest things about that is that you get to hang out with the other artists and right. um Lawrence and I got to do a bit of exploring of Rio together which was really fun oh, nice. it's such a wild place um so that was really that was really great and we just like had a bunch of very interesting conversations and then um later uh, a couple a couple months later uh Lawrence proposed a collaboration and um, this was, you know, in the depths of COVID because um, right. we met in like late 2019. Okay. So we did like a kind of exquisite corpse style back and forth. He would send me sounds and then I would sort of edit and carve out parts that I liked. Mm-hmm. And then I would overdub on top of those. Um, and I was experimenting a lot with um, string instruments at the time because I was getting ready to write uh, my string quartet. 
um, which I did in 2021. So it was kind of like part of my ongoing, you know, creative research. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I would send him sounds back and he would add another layer. And then that's how we made the record. Is that, have you done much collaborating like that way? Or are you like, I know because the record with Ben, well, you guys kind of did it that way, didn't you? And then, but it was also in person. Well, the record with Ben, we mostly jammed live. Okay, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, we did like live recordings and then uh, we went back through and edited them. Uh, okay. Not like a huge amount, but, right. you know, we would sort of carve out cohesive things within um, what we recorded. Mm -hmm. But this was, yeah, I would say actually this is the first time that I ever did like a true, um, like exquisite corpse style thing with somebody. Um yeah, and it was really, it was really, it's, a, it's an interesting way to to do it because it's mm -hmm. not about like a live interaction. It's about more like methodical compositional right. planning. Did, so you were in Australia pretty recently, right? Um, yeah, so Lawrence brought me out there for three shows. Um, okay. So I did Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane, and then I was able to tack on a few more shows in uh, New Zealand after that, oh, while nice. I was in that hemisphere. Did you all? Did you all play together at all? Like, did you get to whether it was you know live performance or jamming or anything? You, you know, Lawrence is, Lawrence hasn't been playing live that much lately, so yeah. um, I was just solo the whole time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. So when you guys were working on this, so there's this sort of, um, I guess you could say geological theme undercurrent mm -hmm. to the record. Was that, was that something you guys talked about beforehand? Like how did, where did that come from? Um, how did that come up? I think that, you know, I was just thinking about like how remote we were, like we were physically situated as far away from each other as we could like possibly be you know right. on the planet yeah so i just it just kept it got me thinking about you know continental plates and distance and you know just like what the nature of this like heavy rock we live on is mm -hmm. and um you know i've always been really interested in, in interested in geology um and so you know we just sort of like use that as kind of like a guiding principle for like what we were going for aesthetically the the heaviness the hardness the texture um you know slow shifts over mm -hmm. glacial periods of time that kind of thing um when you get into geology you know you have to get into a very different conception of time than right. the anthropomorphized one right so mm -hmm. you know like just kind of transfiguring those ideas onto music um was pretty like fascinating for us to jump into yeah no that's really yeah that is i think that's really interesting is that so i always wonder when like because i think about this with my own music and sort of you know you get these concepts in mind and I, I'm like, what is, I guess, sort of, what is your process kind of like in sort, you know, you're translating these, whether it's this conceptual idea or this, you know, I, I still think I bring this up all the time because it's my, one of my favorite things, but I interviewed Laraji a couple of years ago and he talked about pulling music from the air, mm -hmm. like, and that really kind of struck a chord with me. And so I just like, when you're, is, 
is this a normal way, like a way you work generally, or is, you know, like this taking this concept and trying to translate it into sound or is, you know, is this something new for you? How, you know, how is it, I guess, different or the same? (laughs) You know, I would say that for every project that I do, it works a little bit differently. Sometimes I'll approach it with a conceptual idea of like, I want this to be about this. Mm -hmm. Right. And then sometimes I have a more intuitive process where I'm just like making these sounds and they're somehow compelling to me. And then Mm -hmm. after I fashion something, I realize what it's actually about. Mm, Yeah. Um, So it it can go both ways. And I think I think it's important not to be too like married to a concept, you know, Mm -hmm. like. I have a lot of like interesting ideas, but that doesn't mean I can always like effectively translate those ideas into a compelling piece of music. For sure. So sometimes, you know, the piece reveals itself to you in the process of making it. Yeah. No, I think that's, I I mean, I've had experiences where I think I'm doing one thing and then I finish it or whatever. And it's like, Oh no, this is actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And to me, those are really exciting moments because then I start to think about, how is there some link between those ideas I never thought of or mm-hmm. um, so? Yeah. And also having just like the conceptual flexibility mm-hmm. to, you know, not impose your will too much onto something. Right. Let the music actually be the music. Right. And so, you know, thinking about the, with the process of this record, since like you were saying, it wasn't, you guys were sending stuff back and forth and it's, uh, there's, maybe there's like a different there's just a different approach to it it's just a different thing was it were you still trying to you know was it still the same thing of not trying to impose that geological sort of concept onto it or was it just did it just kind of naturally stay in that (laughs) space i guess or did Uh, that even come later at like you guys were just making sounds and then it kind of revealed itself i think uh, the geology thing came up when we first were talking about like the nature of how we would do the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I do think that it developed more as we like went back and forth. Cause every time I would like send him a sound, I would also talk about like, Oh, you know, there's this recording of, you know, a, a earthquake or, mm. you know, um, I think at one point he was talking about, um, like a recording of a pile driver that he made or something like that. <laughs> and and so it w- it kind of like developed as like in the process of us like just sending right. sounds back and forth. Yeah, that makes yeah. It's that makes a lot that makes a lot more sense to me. I you know the idea of we're going to make a record about geology and everything has to strictly adhere to that is <laughs> Right. No, know. it was it was more of like a, a of a process. Uh, it, it did it did kind of come up as like a funny idea in the beginning just like just in terms of like we're so far we're like in different right. hemispheres we're in different time zones like you know yeah there's something still to this day to me that is so because like i communicate with lawrence on a semi-regular basis and just i always feel like he's in the future or something i don't know it's very mm-hmm. surreal to me thinking about those distances and yeah, um, totally. And, you know, when I traveled there, it was um, crazy in, in that way, because, like, I would call my partner back home and it w- he would be, like, just waking up as I'm going to bed. Right. 
<laughs> and I was so jet lagged. Like it was the most intense jet lag I've ever had in my entire life. <sighs> my whole like diurnal situation was completely spun on its head. I can only imagine. How long were you there? I was there for about three weeks. Okay. Was this your first time going mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I've never like the furthest I've traveled anywhere is Europe and that's, and that's, its own thing, like, you know, with mm-hmm. the jet lag and stuff. So I can't even, this feels so extreme. So. Yeah, this was like way crazier than anything I had experienced. And then when I got back, I was totally on my head. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I, I'd fall asleep in the morning and then wake up at night. It oh was just bizarre. Uh, what were some of the, like, what were some of the highlights of your trip? Just beyond, like, I'm sure, like, playing shows and stuff. I remember seeing some really cool pictures online mm-hmm. that you posted. So I'm, like, what were some of the things that really stuck with you or have stuck with you? Yeah. I mean, beyond getting to, like, check out the scene in these very mm-hmm. distant places, um, I got to collaborate with some people. And, you know, it was really, like, I met some very interesting music folks mm-hmm. over there. Um, you know, New Zealand is such an amazing country because – it's a place where like it's like a version of the United States in terms of like it you know is a British colony mm-hmm. former British colony, but they did things much differently than we do, <laughs> you know right. like they have a very different relationship to their indigenous people, they have a greater sense of taking care of the environment um and there's a there's like a sweetness with uh like the way that people relate to each other there uh people are very polite and i think it's because the population is not under the kind of stress and pressure that we are here in the u.s and i really came to understand and realize how um traumatizing the experience (laughs) of living in the united states is yeah i've Um, had that same i've had i've thought about that a lot especially in the last few years with like uh, as the you know the pandemic sort of amplified everything um, yeah, and you know, and you also live in you know a red what? state, and <laughs> yeah. you know even that is like intense, right? Um, in the way. idea, the idea of living a place where it doesn't feel like your government is trying to kill you sounds, you know, yeah, incredible, right? <laughs> right, like people actually trust their government to take care of them, and, uh, and the fact that and the fact that that sounds incredible is its own ridiculous thing, right? I mean, that's just kind of shows where we're at. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, when I was in New Zealand, I got to go to this uh, island called Tiri Tiri Matangi. And it is outside of Auckland. It's about an, uh, an hour long ferry ride away. And mm-hmm. you have to like disinfect your shoes before you go onto the island. Oh, and wow. it's full of all of these like rare endangered species of birds. Oh, um, wow. It's absolutely incredible surreal landscape there's no like human development on it besides a research station mm-hmm. um it is just an absolutely wild place it's beautiful full of unfamiliar f- flora and fauna and yeah that's not something i'll forget very that soon. sounds incredible yeah, it sounds like traveling really cool. to a different planet or something it's you <laughs> know it really felt like as distant um as <laughs> i i could be it was amazing. Wow. That's really cool. Um, well, hopefully, gosh, okay. Uh, now I'm like, I got to get to New Zealand somehow. I need to find some. <laughs> I want to yeah, go. Yeah, I like, highly recommend it. I mean, it's far, but right. I would say that it is um, very worthwhile. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Going, I guess, okay, jumping back to the collaboration, what were, I guess, what was the, when, 
what was the sort of biggest challenge or the hardest part for you in doing this record? Um, I would say I, I felt a little bit nervous about um, playing instruments that I don't really actually know how to play. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm playing cello, I play some lap steel, and I don't actually know how to play these instruments, but I do feel like I was able to, like, get some interesting sounds from them. So it was, like, on one hand, a little bit, like, nerve-wracking, because, you know, like, real cellists, you know, there's, what? like, Oak Young Lee, and, you know, I, I'm not going to, like, pretend to be able to do anything <laughs> close to what she does right. um, with that instrument, but... It's also kind of like liberating in this way to not mm-hmm. have like the baggage of training and to just be able to um, use an instrument, utilize an instrument for what kind of like inherent sonic qualities it has. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it was part of it was part of the research. Um, I would say also just like wading through like at first Lawrence sent like a ton of material <laughs> And I was just like, oh, boy, this is a lot to, <laughs> to wade through. So um, so that was kind of challenging, just like figuring out what, you know, would work well together right. um, and not in like a usual fashion. I was like alone in my room being like, oh, God, what do I do with this? Right. Um, so, yeah, so that that was kind of challenging, but in a good way, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's I think that's really interesting about. So, so I having listened to the record a couple of times, I, I would have not been like, Oh, this person has no idea how to play a cello. Or anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have get like, cause I think, I think, thanks. I think you get it. But like you said, it's like, it's, there is something really kind of wonderful about just taking an instrument or not even anything and just trying exploring the, like you said, the inherent sonic qualities of it and seeing what you can, you know, what you can express or pull out of that. Um, that's like a thing I try to talk to people who don't, I mean, obviously you have a lot of training and experience with music and composition and stuff, but I even think about that with like people I know who are like, Oh, I can't do it. It's like, just see what, you know, pick up some stuff and see what you can get out of it and explore the possibilities of it. But yeah, I mean, I think people are intimidated by instruments because, you know, you're expected to like what, pick it up and play Bach. No, right. <laughs> You know, like that's like that's not gonna happen. So, like, just try to. It's fun. It's just fun for me. Yeah, to I agree. Yeah. Try to experiment and evaluate. Like, what what is this thing? Like, what can I do with this thing? Yeah, and I think I think there's this thing where we're sort of told or sold this idea of the only way it has any real inherent sort of value is if you do it well, or like you know, it's like no, there's just value and just like you said having fun and playing with it and yeah um, you know one of the one of the cool things for me that originally attracted me to noise music is that there's a very different kind of sense of virtuosity in mm -hmm. that scene where it's not about like how high can i play what's the highest note on this trumpet i can play (laughs) or like how ripping can i like play this like passage right it's about like the virtuosity is like conceptual Mm-hmm. You know, and like, yeah, people need to know their instruments. They need to know the technical, you know, qualities of, of what they're working with. But it's a it's a different sense of virtuosity. It's a it's a more open and expanded um, idea of that. Right. Well, and, and you know, and I'm 
anybody who's listening and, and you know you've been to a noise show or whatever and you'll see somebody like that yeah say they're playing a cello and they could never play Bach or whatever but they're playing it in a way that is like you said it's like virtuosic and it's a way that you would never think of and like that's always really exciting to me to hear that yeah just like outside like you can you can find your own sort of voice and figure out because there's you know i know people who it's like or i can speak for my own so like i know how to do the things i know how to do that like my approach to things or whatever but i couldn't play anything you know i don't know yeah it's like a per- <laughs> it's like a personalized virtuosity yeah, where you're not like adhering to the standards of academic music or music history you're creating your own type of virtuosity within this own bizarre like world <laughs> instrument world that you've created right. you put like a contact microphone on like you know a ceramic cup and you're like throwing it around yeah the, you know it's like that that's a form of virtuosity but it's a personalized one yeah yeah one of the one of my favorite performances i've seen in a couple years there's um I don't know if when you were in Tulsa, you met this guy, Warren Real Rider, but he's Oklahoma City artist and he does a lot of stuff with contact mics. And he had, I saw this show where he had a contact mic attached to like a big rock and the place we were playing, it was like outdoors and it was this gravel area and he was just like piling gravel on it and then like trying to pull it out. And it was some of the wildest sounds I've ever heard. And I was, blew my mind. And yeah. So, like, that's I awesome. love that stuff. Um, yeah, or I think of like somebody like pedestrian deposit, you know? Yeah. Um, what she does with her like expanded cello is right. is amazing. And like very rehe- like obviously rehearsed and obviously like, you know, done a yeah. lot of um practice and research around it. So yeah. Yeah, I'm that's I think that's certainly the thing that really got me hooked into all this kind of stuff was just seeing and hearing things of, you know, when I was young, I was like, Oh my God, I never dreamed that this, it's like, you could do anything. And <laughs> yeah, you know, I think like experimental music in, in a lot of ways, um, it's really good for the people who are curious, mm-hmm. you know, like people who have a curiosity about the world around them and its qualities. I think it's a really good genre to be able to work in yeah totally agree totally this is yeah (laughs) i you're preaching to the choir here yeah um well okay so beyond the record and talking about experimental music and all that what uh, tell me about the thing the solo records you've got coming up yeah so um my next release is going to come out in the fall and the title of it is of shadow and substance um, which is a reference to Twilight Zone, if any <laughs> nerds out there are into Love Rod it. Serling. Um, it's uh, it's two pieces for strings and electronics, and I'm actually not playing on it. It's two of my compositions. Uh, the first one is a, is called Vapors. It's for a string quartet, and uh, that was performed by Quartetto Maurice in Italy, um, wow. who commissioned the piece from me. And then the second one is the title track of Shadow and, and Substance. Um, and that has uh, four really wonderful players um, from New York. Uh, it's for harp, double bass, cello, percussion, and electronics. And that one was premiered at Pioneer Works last year. Hmm. And um, both pieces are, I'm, I'm really proud of this record. I think that, 
the every time I like go back and listen to it, I'm like I'm humbled <laughs> by it. Like I and I I don't feel like I can even take credit for it in mm-hmm. certain ways. Um, <laughs> just because the the way that I work with the musicians is very collaborative. Um, I'm not like giving them a fixed score that they read exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And but yeah, I'm just like blown away by the depth of of this music and i feel really proud of it so i will be out that's really that's exciting yeah were, were you like that when they recorded their pieces were you there or was it just like here's the thing and you all go do this yeah so both of the pieces are live recordings okay um the string quartet was recorded during the premiere uh in italy and wow. then yeah of shadow and substance same thing we just got really nice recordings from the live performance oh that's great i can't afford to rent a (laughs) fancy studio i mean come on yeah this is is experimental (laughs) music we're talking here it's experimental (laughs) music here we don't have budgets um but i will say that the recordings came out really well and i i mixed everything and edited everything myself so um i took a lot of pains to make sure that everything was sounding exactly how I wanted it to sound. And um, yeah, I think it's a really beautiful record. And That's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited for people to hear it because I think it's, it moves me, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it'll move people. That's exciting. I can't wait to hear it. Thanks. I'll send it to you after we're done. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for talking to me about all this random stuff. And yeah. Thanks for I, having me on the show. Absolutely. And now I'm going to, try to figure out how to somehow get to New Zealand in the next few years. <laughs> so I, go to that island. <laughs> so worth it. It's so worth it. Thanks again to Leah Bertucci for taking the time to talk to me about the album with Lawrence, uh, her upcoming record, which sounds really awesome, and get me way too excited to try and go to New New Zealand. I have no idea how that's going to happen. There's no way in hell I can afford that, but I am determined to someday go to New Zealand to visit this island. After her and I talked, I looked it up and read a bunch about it, and it was made me even more excited to go there. And then I've, I don't know, I spent the next week after this interview, which I think I did this right before we went to St. Louis. I'm the whole time we're in St. Louis and I, am in a car for six hours with Eden and the kid and my parents. I think they are all sick of hearing me talk about this Island on New Zealand. At first they were like, Oh, that's really interesting. And then it was okay, please be quiet. Um, anyway, (laughs) enough about that, but, uh, yeah, everybody go check out, Lawrence and Leah's incredible album, like I said, is out now on American Dreams. And otherwise, I guess we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.